Rutgers legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Greetings once again, my virtual poker companion. This is your host, founder of EnhancedEdge.com, Brad Wilson, and you're listening to Chasing Poker Greatness, the podcast that gets you up close and personal with the biggest names in the game. Each episode is dedicated to dissecting the mind and methods of champions and the most elite players in the game today. You'll get everything straight from the horse's mouth as they explain what drives them to do the things that they do their processes for growing and improving, and how they chose the paths that have paid off so well for them. Today, I'm sitting down for a conversation with Maurice Hawkins, one of the most feared and dangerous players on any tournament circuit, and one of the most consistent crushers. Maurice currently holds the record for both earnings and titles on the WSOP circuit. He has earned more than $1.7 million on said circuit and is the proud owner of a ridiculous 13 gold rings, including four from main events. He made his first tournament cash all the way back in 2005 and has since managed to reach 86 final tables, raking in lifetime wins worth more than $3.5 million in the process. He exudes confidence and has every reason to do so. As our conversation progresses, Maurice will let you in on what changed his mind and turned a future heart surgeon into one of the best tournament players in the world. He will also, of course, shed some light on what has helped and hindered him along his poker journey. Absolutely loved his thoughts and views on game theory, as well as his disdain that I share with him very much of everything quote-unquote standard. Maurice also dives into the importance of family, happiness, and life away from the green felt. The man shoots from the hip and pulls no punches. He's not afraid to say what he thinks about himself or the game. What you see is what you get, and in our conversation, he was very, very generous with dispensing his wisdom. And so, without any further ado, I give you the winningest WSOP circuit tournament player of all time, Maurice Hawkins. Maurice, how are you doing this afternoon, sir? All right. Living my best life. <laughs> if you're going to live life, you may as well live your best life, right? Exactly. I mean, that's the, you got two options, success or failure. And I, I, I try to choose success. This failure just doesn't work well with my appetite, you know? <laughs> I believe that. Uh, seeing how, you, you know, you've graduated to where you can't wear all of your rings on your fingers anymore <laughs> 13 of them correct yeah 13 i think four mains i believe it's not bad 13 rings it's not a bad yeah, collection pretty, yeah considering it just kind of happened over a period of time without me thinking about it consciously into the last three yeah i'm i'm, I'm happy about it Nice. Can you can you tell me the story about how you got into playing cards in the first place? Um, well, I was bored in college, uh, so I pretty much went into a casino stop desk 
I uh, went into a casino and just basically wasted some time. And they had this game called Omaha 8, turn, uh, sit and goes. So I was like, oh, let me try that. And at the same time, they ran a couple hold'em sit and goes next to it. And I noticed that aggression sometimes can lead to success in the game. And I had fell in love with a hand like King Queen. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Two face cards. <laughs> you just you just shove that. Yeah. And that's going to be real beneficial for you. But as time went by, I noticed that everyone was telling me that that wasn't the way the game supposed to be played. So after a couple of losses and a couple of bad nights, sad nights, I, I realized that you have to put more thinking into these situations. So I fell in love with the game because it was a lot like chess. And I, I loved chess as a kid. I was actually a chess champion, not major, but a citywide chess champion. And I just, I just, I fell in love with cards. That's college okay. is a place where a lot of people fall in cards. I, I fall in love with cards. I, uh, I did read that you, you were in school to be a doctor. Yeah. How, I wanted to be a heart surgeon. How did the, you know, what happened as far as that and what, what led you to, you know, getting on the grind and playing cards instead of being a heart surgeon? Well, to be honest, I was in school to be a, a heart surgeon is what my desire was. And I took an organic test and my teacher said, basically, I don't know how you got this score because I know you didn't have your book for the last two months. And I'm like, look, man, I take very good notes. And that's how I ended up with a B plus. He's like, well, I'm doing an audit of the class, so I need you to retake the course. So I basically did it again, and I got a B-plus again. And at that point, I, I had disdain for him. <laughs> so he wanted me to be his uh, organic assistant. But I didn't feel that we had the same connection as we had before that. So at the same time, I was playing cards. And how, Yeah, how, how did it make you feel when he told you that you had to retake the course after you, you crushed it without your book? Well, retake the test. Retake um, the test, yeah. Uh, I felt like to, to be. I felt like he was a piece of shit. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, it just yeah. didn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, he's basically calling I you felt, a cheater, felt, right? Yeah, yeah. He basically was singling me out, and I really didn't like that because I was one of the smartest kids in class. I I participated in all of the functions, you know, the the lab for three four hours on Friday. Everyone loved me. The thing is, I have a really good memory. So, um, you know, it is what it is. So I, I took it right in this course, right in front of him, in the same office with him, and, and pretty much almost aced it. I got B plus, organic. So, you know, I proved my point. I, I moved forward, and, you know, I just started playing more poker. And, you know, the game, the game chose me because that weekend I won about, I would say, 150000 in poker. And whoa, I was whoa, like, wow. This- what do you mean? How did you win 150K in the weekend? Oh, I played cash game, 2550. That is a massive, massive win at 2550. Yeah, it was 2550. I bought in for like 8,000. I won, I doubled. I won like 40 that night. I went back and then I bought in for 25. I ran it up to like 60. And then on Sunday, I mean, I think I won like 40 or 30 or whatever it was. Wow. But I I was so pissed, so pissed at this teacher that the whole time that I was playing, all I saw was red. And, uh, you know, I don't think I've ever told anybody this story, but it, it gave me a sense of satisfaction. 
you know, I yeah. was, I felt man like the world was possessed. right. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, the world is right right now. You know, like, you know, he, he, you know, he went at me and i showed and proved myself and came out worthy. So I, um, I said, let me give this poker thing a, a chance. I went to the Bahamas. Uh, this is when it's probably not printed, but it was an article about it a long time ago that I walked out on the bubble. I was like, you know what? Aces isn't going to cost me. I think it was like 20,000, <laughs> but I was really, really happy at the fact that I was playing this poker thing. I was in the Bahamas and I didn't really know anything. I just knew that I didn't want to lose 20,000 on that situation. So I walked out and came back and I was in the money. I was so excited. It was my first poker cash. Well, my big poker cash. I was like, yeah, I won. I got like 36 in the PCA May. It was pretty, pretty amazing for me. That's awesome, man. Hey, I, yeah. how, how, did you, how, did you, how do you go from the dude that walks out on the bubble to just you know, a stone cold killer that I'm sure, I'm sure has exploited many, 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 many bubbles since then? Yeah, well, I think it was just a, a, a evolution, kind of like a, a centipede or turning into a butterfly. I think that might be the right analogy. But yeah, it's kind of over a period of time, you just, you metamorphose, you learn how to evolve. Um, it, it's it's a game, you know? It has strategy. It has uh, game theory, so to speak. It has, but, it, but what I like to say about the game is it should be personalized game theory. It shouldn't be cookie cutter. Like this is how people play and this is what you should do in this spot. I feel like there's a lot of variables that change and that's what people love about it that can create positivity and, and equity in the game itself. Whether it be personalized um, psychology, whether it be uh, statistical analysts, like how the percentages favor you with certain hands, or it just feel, be your gut feeling. Sometimes you just feel that six coming on the river. You just feel it. It's coming. I'm going to get this guy's entire stack. You know, and that it just comes down to that. You know, you're speaking my language, sir. I I, I hate the the non personalized like GTO theory that's like in this spot do X Y Z. Like, there's always more data. There's always more information that you can collect to improve your decisions. And it's kind of a cop out to me to say, well, you know, I just made the standard move. Like, really, that that's what your your goal is to to just play average to do the standard thing like let's aim higher you know play play above the rim and that that's a progression that we were just talking about too could you tell me the metamorphosis from the the caterpillar to the butterfly what was the the highest impact action you took that sort of uh expedited your growth being broke that would be the highest impact How, why is that no, because I have a family and success is something that provides milk on my table, provides food for my kids. Knowing that each play is a decision factor and if we're going to eat, if we're going to live, if the rent's going to be paid, makes me want to do it at the highest level. And that will be what transformed it. And then also... I found that when I started teaching people the game, it made me come up with more fundamental and exact reasons that I do things 
and it, it allowed me to pinpoint uh, certain strategies that I use in the region that I'm doing it. So it made me a better player as well. Yeah, you, you created the methodology behind behind, behind, behind the insanity. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and I love the the mentioning your family, um, and I'll get back to that in a second. But emotional goals drive human beings, uh, and the quest for money is not an emotional goal. The quest to provide for your family, to take care of them, that's emotional, right? So yep. for, for the folks out there who are like, ah, I'm going to big a tournament and I'm going to get rich and buy a Lambo and blah, 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 blah. Like that's not going to drive you. That's not going to take you to the place you need to be. You need an, an, an emotional goal that resonates with you that in a sense, you know, like you said, your family eating, that's a pretty damn good emotional goal, right? That's a pretty damn good driver of action. And going back to your family, y'all listening right now on the, the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast, if you check out Maurice's Instagram, you'll see there's no uh, poker. His picture is poker, but then in his description, it's family, right? Husband to beautiful wife and the kids. Tell me, how important is it to have a supportive, encouraging family behind you in the poker business? Well, I feel like it's important because it gives you your why. If a person has a, a, a burning house, right, and the house is burning and they run outside, what would you run back into that burning house for? You will run back into that burning house for your kids. You'll run back into that burning house for your wife. That's your why. If you run out of that house and there's nothing you would run back in for, then you don't really have a purpose. So I feel like family gives me that why. It gives me that burning desire to be the best. So that would be how important it is. And on those lonely nights, those bad nights, when you take those bad L's, it's important to have somebody telling you, you're still the best. You're going to get back to the top. So it gives you your why and it gives you comfort and support. So that's, I would say that's the importance of it. Very well said, sir. Very well said. So we mentioned uh, the 13 rings. Which one of those would you say is your most memorable and why? Out of the 13, okay. I can, I can almost think of all of them. And you <laughs> let me know what you think. <laughs> um, my first one, I would say is memorable because all I saw is I saw a billboard that says, the billboard said, first the ring, then the bracelet. And I said, oh, that's what I'm here for. I'm going to get this ring. And then it's going to build up to this drastic bracelet. Oh, this is what I'm dreaming about. Uh, the second one was kind of, was in the, on a boat. And I remember it was a one-day tournament. I was kind of like, this is amazing. I'm actually becoming good at this. And then the most memorable, I would say, would be the time when it was my wife's birthday. And I said, I'm going to win this Cherokee one for you because... I've already won Iowa, and that was for like 100 grand. But we're going to win this, and we're going to change our life. And we went horseback riding, went in the mountains of North Carolina. We had a great day on the day off from day 1B. And I played, and I, I looked up, and I was like, I'm in position. And then I did, and I was like this. I had eight digs for like, I would say, 15 hours. And then I just battled, battled, battled. And all of a sudden, things start clicking, and it was over. Wow. And that would be my most memorable one. 
I mean, that's what, even what, more what, memorable than the back-to-back Iowa wins. Hmm? Oh, I believe that. I mean, wife's birthday. Like, get out of here. That's insane. What would your yeah. wife say? What was her reaction? I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Wow. That was that's, it. Uh, that's a true believer, right? Which is yeah. so, so important she, for your poker career. Yeah, she just look at me and it'd be like a 6,000-person chill. You're going to final table this. For sure. <laughs> and then I'm like sitting up and I'm at the millionaire maker and it's like, oh, I did it. I'm here. Or a marathon. After I lost the marathon and that dude hit a one out on me, the next week I was at the final table of the monster stack. She's like, I told you you going to get back there. Yeah. So, wow. so, you know. That's awesome. That was when I got two final tables in one, in one week at the series like two years ago. I was like, yeah, this is going down. I'm the GOAT. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome, man. Um, so let's change gears just a little. I know that you know you're obviously a hard worker and one of the, the best tournament players in the world. What is your process for regularly improving your game look like? And as detailed as you as you can. Okay, so basically I'm I'm super critical of myself. I'm hypercritical. I'm I'm really to the point where I would win a tournament and I'll sit up and think about hands that I feel I didn't play as well. So that will be the, my underlying process. I don't really have many people I can talk to about poker. If I, I mean, if I have one person, that's probably more than I that I can count. Uh, so I'm okay. more so. I don't want to be. I I think it's by design. Although I did learn from a lot of people without them knowing, I just watched and listened. And and when they don't know, I'm listening. Uh, there was a group of guys who I can tell you were really good at poker, and each one of them I felt had a certain different facet to the game. So I would just sit outside of the group. They wouldn't let me in. And I just listen, listen, listen. And over a four or five month period, I picked up on things. Over a couple of years, I picked up on things. And then finally, I started winning more than everyone in the group. And they were like, so Maurice, what do you think about this spot? And I think that my advantage was that I didn't discuss with them. I just took the best part of all their games and applied it to my game and created this game that I have. So I think a lot of poker players merge each other's games and what they would do in the same spot that they become predictable. So and I got, just never learned. We we have two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? Um, exactly. I, I, and I don't what, believe what kind in sharing my that? info. It was a, 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 a group of friends. Online group or? No, no, no. Just guys I used to just follow around with, when I was on poker trips. Oh, I, I gotcha. Bored. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, what does the inner dialogue look like when you're hypercritical of yourself? What does that sound oh, like? Oh, man. Sounds like you could have played the hand better. You should have known better. What can you do different? Uh, I had to do that different. Oh, man. If I would have did that different, I would have been in a better spot. Man, I should have shoved his ass. Man, I should have <laughs> called. I should have, man, I should have took that turn. He couldn't have called. He wouldn't have called. Maybe he would have called. Oh, yeah, he would have called. But damn it, I would have felt better about it. <laughs> I love that. Like that. So many, myself included, um, people have one of the strategies is having a friend, having people to discuss stuff with and growing together. So it's very refreshing to hear, you know, that you listened, right? You listened and you grew and you, you, you did it for the most part kind of on your own, right? 
I think that's that's special. That's awesome. Yeah, well, it is what it is. You got to build. Got to make things happen. Nobody else. Can, you got to you got to know that you're great before you, the world know you're great. So yeah, you got to do it on your own. That's the best way to do things. Nobody cares about how good you are at poker more than you. At the end of the day, like we are. Nope. It's a it's a the, solitary sport. It is, and we're we're the ones who have the opportunity to invest in ourselves and grow. And there's there's empowerment in that, knowing that it's on us, right? If you want to work hard, then work hard. What what would you say is the biggest the the biggest regret of your career? I don't know if you if you if you know me, you might not know I don't have regrets because I think it's a bad way of looking. I think every moment that I've had made me much, much better in the future. I can tell you that I shoved ace queen into Olivier's aces in 2012 or 13 in the WPT and it haunted me for about two, three years, but that's what prepared me to be better, you know? I got second in North Carolina the same week that I got first in the main, so it made me better. You know, I, I was chip leader in the Montreal WPT at one point this year, and I ended up getting, I think I got like 14th in the 10K in Montreal. And But guess what? Made me better. This year at the World Series, I blanked out as far as I'm concerned. Next thing you know, in the global, I got third. And then I got second, heads up at Foxwood. So I think it's all just memory uh, building points in my life as far as not regrets. I just think it makes you better if you harness it the right way. So that's how I look at that. Don't really have regrets. But <laughs> awesome. I, I mean, they're all learning experiences, right? Even when you're in your head saying, ah, I should have shoved. Ah, I should have called here. Right. Because um, the, the position comes up later, you know? Yeah. You get that ace jack suited to an open and a flat and a three back, and you might shove it. You might call. You might do a lot of different things. But one thing about it is you're going to remember what you did the time before. <laughs> and you'll be prepared. Yep. It's always better to be prepared for a situation instead of getting yourself in it and then trying to figure it out in the moment. It's a lot harder. And see, that's what makes people – see, that's what makes Tom Brady the GOAT because he's been in that situation before. And if you take a guy who's not been in that situation before, they're not going to be ready for the moment. Or if you take Jordan in his prime, he's took that shot before. He's missed it. He's won it. But he took the shot. My point of saying that is this. You can't teach a person experience. Experience is a bad mother. You either have it or you don't. And that's why you always want to bet on champions. And that's the difference of a, a closer and not a closer. And that's what breeds success because when people have been in a situation before, they know what they need to apply to win. You know? Yep. It's immersion. The first time you do something, you know, the first time you play poker, you're seven king queen. And uh, you you progress, right? You learn. And then over time, you first time you get to a final table, first time you take one down, it's all part of the progression and the immersion. And uh, like you said, that experience is, is so pivotal in those, in those moments that are such high pressure and high stakes. The ability to stay at ease is huge. Yeah, I found Some it. People read that. I found it in cash games, right? So I don't play many tournaments. Um, I play mostly cash games. It's funny because like if I'm playing with a friend and they're involved in like, you know, massive pot, um, like 10, 10, 20 K, whatever, I get nervous for them. Like it, 
but like if I'm in the pot, it's like you're not nervous at all. You're not at all. It's like right there's there, there's a calm that comes over me, and it's like yeah. I'm just I'm not nervous one bit at all. Yeah, because see, in your mind, you're not playing for the money. You're playing for the spot. Yep. The money just comes with the spot. You're not thinking about the money. The, the chips are just monetary after the after the game. During the game, they're just units. Exactly. So that's and, what it is. And people, when they're beginning and they're playing a cash game, they're nervous because of the pressure. But like, it's just, you know, it's repetitions, right? It's reps and reps and reps and reps. And eventually you play for the spot. You let the chips fall where they may. You win some, you lose some. The only thing you can do is make good, great decisions and improve your thought processes moving forward from that point on. What is up, you future star of poker, you? Coach Brad here, and I just wanted to take a moment to let you know about PKC Poker. If you're sitting there wondering, why? Why is Coach Brad promoting this PKC Poker app thing? Allow me a moment to explain my why. Battling in cash games has been my livelihood for the past 15 years. It's how I survive and put food on the table, which makes it imperative that I either test out or seek qualified opinions on all of the poker platforms on the market. One juicy find can mean the difference between a meh year and an amazing family vacation in Hawaii kind of year. With that said, I've tried almost all the major poker apps on the market to date, and despite the hype about amazingly juicy games, I've come away from the experience unsatisfied. I was just never able to find amazing success against seemingly weak competition, and in one specific case, was getting outright destroyed by passive villains playing more than 50% of their hands. What the heck was going on? After many evenings sitting in the bathtub, wondering if I had lost it, I finally dug into the data and learned something that shouldn't have been too surprising to you. These dudes were colluding and super using their pants off. So I swore off those free money, decentralized devil apps and decided to go back to my more familiar streets of ignition. It was then that I was contacted by a good friend of mine who turned out to be the vice president of worldwide operations at PKC. Him and I had a long, in-depth conversation about security, the ecosystem, and the future direction of PKC, and he managed to convince me to give it a shot. That shot turned into an incredible six months with an hourly rate that's about five times what it would have been playing on any other US platform. As it turns out, I didn't forget how to play. I just needed a level playing field to return to my crushing weights. I have no doubt that you, my community, my audience is going to play poker somewhere. And I wanna be damn sure that you don't go through the pain and frustration I felt by messing around with any poker app besides PKC. This is why promoting PKC is a no brainer. I love my community and I wanna put you in the best position to succeed at this game that we both love so much. So if you'd like to join me in the streets of PKC, simply head to enhanceyouredge.com PKC and get your invite code to play. You must have an invite code and you must be 21 years of age or older. One more time, that's enhanceyouredge.com slash PKC. Best of luck and now on with the show. What's some common poker advice you hear that you completely disagree with? A spot is standard. Expand. That's it. <laughs> standard. Yeah, just hate this hate the, you know the i got idea i got standard. ace king i got ace king he's got 20 bigs i got 20 bigs the guy's ace king the guy opens another three i got three bets i got flats it's just standard shove i should shove 20 bigs right there well you should most time most likely most of the time but 
you probably shouldn't if the guy who flat is known to be flat and stronger hands than H King. Pearl is plus, you know. So that spot's not standard. A lot of people do that a lot. They say that this spot's standard and they're just basically leaking off chips because, you know, they're and, not really thinking it through. And also sometimes your table makeup can be that can can be pretty fairly easy, right? And so, so you have to put yourself in a position where you you can use your chips in a better spot. Exactly. You know? Why take why why take a, a spot that's like okay, it's break even or maybe plus EV, or you know, you've got two ultra tight players on your left that you can just raise in the dark, and exploit still the hell out of, exploit yeah. them. Yeah. So yeah. So that that would be the biggest fallacy of poker right there. Ah oh, man. Standard spots. People Love always that. want to say something standard. <laughs> Love that. Uh, yeah. So that, that guy that, uh, you know, dropped out, stopped, stopped pursuing the, his career to become a heart surgeon. If you could give him some poker wisdom. Drop out. Well, I just didn't go to med school. <laughs> yeah. You, you switched careers. You chose a different yeah. path. Chose a different path. Yeah, yeah, that, different path. that was bad, yeah. bad phrasing on my part. Apologies. If you could give him some poker wisdom. What wisdom would that be? Poker wisdom? Yeah, go back, have a conversation with him, be like, look, man, here's what you need to know. This is what's going to take you further than, than what you think right now. I would say, remember the value of money. Because I had a whole lot of money and I blew a whole lot of money. <laughs> this is I didn't really respect money. I didn't respect money back then. I would buy property, more property. More property? What's the silliest thing mm-hmm. you bought with your money? Silliest? Yeah, looking back, like, huh, why did I do that? I don't know. I enjoyed it. All. I told you I don't regret much. Um, <laughs> the silliest thing I bought. Um, if not, nothing's an okay answer, too. You know, we say no. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think fun, of something right? that silly I did. I really, like, I really brag on my brain. Like, I'm like, what did I do that was silly? <laughs> well, you gave the advice. At right? one point, I owned four cars. <laughs> oh, wow. Had a car for each, each outfit. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. I guess, did they match all the outfits, the outfits for the cars? Yeah, I had a CLS 550. Yeah. Adult. That would be for my, you know, when I want to be looking a little elegant. I had a GT500 Mustang. That was when I wanted to wear a, a tank top. <laughs> I had a Maximum when I wanted to be low-key. I had a motorcycle when I wanted to be a little bit above the brim. And I had an XUV, Envoy XUV. Whenever I wanted to, like, look like a big boy boss. <laughs> <laughs> I love whenever you wanted to wear tank tops. You had to go get a car <laughs> to go with the tank tops. That's awesome. Yeah, you had to. <laughs> if, you could, uh, if you could wave a wand and change one thing about poker tournaments, what would that be? I would say that I would like them to stay standard. They seem to change every damn year. From this to big blind ante to to the structure to how many chips they they give you to how many chips they don't give me, I just wanted to be standard. Yeah. So I don't have to recalibrate every damn year. <laughs> maybe that maybe that gives an edge though, right? Because you're recalibrating, a lot of other people don't recalibrate. Right, because people get stuck in the same you know philosophy, but you know. I kind of get used to it, and then I got to change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I feel you there. Cash games don't really change that much <laughs> over time. They're pretty historically fairly uh, uniform. 
Mm-hmm. What's, uh, what's some wisdom for the listeners of the show that are hell-bent on realizing their, their poker dreams? What's some wisdom you could give them? Don't play above your means unless you're willing to lose it all. And if you lose it all, you better have a good friend that's going to help you get back up to the top. <laughs> yeah. Bankroll management. Uh, yeah, well, just having friends, having, having friends, having community, having, you know, poker is this interesting thing, right? Where even like you prove yourself, right? You know, if, if you went broke tomorrow, I'm sure you have a hundred people in your phone you could call, right? Big yeah, that's just because I proved who I am. I proved my game. Exactly. But the sick thing is when people go broke who don't have, who don't prove who they are, then they just broke and they need to get a job now. Yeah. No, no option after that, right? Yeah. Um, basically, if you're taking the game serious, like, you know, if you're playing as a hobby and you have a job, I, I keep it. <laughs> keep keep it yeah and also like yeah you can take some shots right you can play in a 1500 as a recreational player that has a yeah. good, good means you don't have to exercise bankroll management as much as somebody that like no wants you just to have a, a fun taking a shot if something happens to you have to, yeah yeah exactly so you know if you could suggest a piece of media a book content video anything like that for the for the chasing poker greatness audience what would it be I would say, find a poker player who you think is great. And when I say you think I'm great, look at their results and see how often and consistent they win. And then have them teach you how to play poker because all that other stuff is bullshit. How <laughs> do you find them? Somebody without connections, how, how would you go about finding, contacting this person, getting in touch with them? Well, poker is the only, only thing where, only sport where you can walk up on a successful professional and say hi. You have contact with them. So walk up, state your goal, and listen to how much it's going to cost you. <laughs> <laughs> Pay the money. Um, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's, that, that's, what, that's what I tell folks, too. You know, it's like, oh, how do I get in touch with, like, say, Fedor Holtz, right? He's got a lot of things going on. Well, Fedor Holtz has a course coming out. So step number one is buy the damn course. Pay the fifteen hundred, <laughs> buy the course, right? Because then you have a line to Fedor Holtz, and plus you invested in him, and he's invested in your success. So, like, mm-hmm. money is a great driver. It's a great connector. Um, when you pay these yep. guys that make stuff, they'll get in touch with you. Like, you you'll be able to contact them. Trust me. If you if you got money and you're willing to spend it, I'm sure somebody will help you out figure out how to make more of it. <laughs> yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. What's your what, what's your current big goal as related to your poker career? What's next? Stay consistent for the rest of my life. A lot of these guys win one time. If you look at my stats, I win around the same amount every year. So I want to win more. I want to increase that, that overall goal of every year, and I want to stay consistent. What goes into that consistency? How do you, how do you go about ensuring you stay consistent and grow? Staying in my lane, I would say. I mean, I take shots at bigger buy-ins, 25Ks and sometimes 50Ks. But I was on poker after dark, you know. But knowing who I am and knowing that I win every damn thing, to stand happy, that will, staying happy is the key to it, I think. Yeah. It's a, just being happy. When I'm happy and I'm playing poker, I, I do it really well. What makes you happiest? 
My family makes me happy. Watching movies. <laughs> What's a good movie? What's a good movie you've seen recently? Come on. <laughs> uh, I watch shows, bro. I watch like uh, Criminal Minds and things like that. Nice. TV shows. I love that type of stuff. Yeah. My wife and I do too. Uh, we say that we have Netflix and we don't watch TV, but then we've got about 25 shows that we binge watch whenever they, they get released. Yeah, I watched The Good Doctor. I like that. I mean, all kind of crap. I'm really into everything. <laughs> I watch awesome. I watch chick flicks. I watch it all. Just simple watching watching TV, staying happy. Um, sustained focus yeah, success. Yeah, barbecuing, barbecuing, hanging out with my family. Yeah. I, like this morning, I went to Daddy and Me... Um, Daddy and me thing at school with my daughters. And that was at 7.30. Granted, I stayed up to like 4 o'clock watching some baseball. But went to Daddy and me with my daughters. I woke up three hours later. I came back and I slept to this interview. You know why? <laughs> because I, I can do that. That's happiness. Yeah. Freedom. Freedom is happiness. Everyone too. else being happy makes me happy. You know what I might do this weekend? What might you do? I might go to the Penn State football game, play the WPT in Baltimore on Saturday, go to the Ravens game on Sunday, and day two on on day two on um, on Monday. You know that's called happiness. <laughs> yep, living living a good life. I'm living my dream though. That's the, that's my happiness. Dream. Right, and we all have a different a lot defin- of people, definition of happiness. Yeah, exactly. I'm living my dream, though. A lot of people try to live somebody else's dream. I'm living my dream. This is what I. This is what I set out to be. It's why when people come up to me and say, "You could be making this kind of money," excuse me, "You could be making this kind of money doing this, or you could be making this kind of money doing that." Guess what, bro? I don't need to make this kind of money doing anything because I'm doing what I wanted to do. Yep. Let's... Thank you for your opinion, <laughs> but I am good. We can go back to you know tie it back in to the standard thing in poker. Right. There's no standard of happiness. Like be yourself, find your own happiness and, and live your own dream. And when other people tell you, like you said, they say, oh, you could do this. You could be making blah, 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 blah. Like if that's not your idea of happiness, then don't do that. You, As many nights where you. I was where, where family members have said, are you sure about this poker thing? And I said, I am a poker player. There is no plan B. Yeah. <laughs> Burn the boats. And then years later, they're like, can I hold something? <laughs> <laughs> hey can you te- can you teach me how you do that that's mm-hmm. hey can, can you show me how you do that yeah it's just yeah but they don't really <laughs> say anything because they know they know that they already then you know printed on it so yeah well it is. i mean it's you've you've made it happen you know and through hard work determination consistency living your dream and that's a very admirable thing and uh, got a, just a couple more questions, then we'll get you out of here. Um, All right. What's that? What's a project right now that you're working on? And it doesn't have to be poker related. That's um, near and dear to your heart. I'm working on building better connections with people. Because uh, I've become kind of isolated. And when I'm, when I, I, might, I might be friendly outgoing. But when it comes to people, I shut them out because I'm just so focus i said a post about it about a couple of months ago it was like to be successful you have to be isolated within yourself basically and you know an emotional toll it takes on you so i'm I'm working on 
you know, having that extra conversation, listening to a person's day and going places with people and hanging out at the casino and going, you know, just listening and being a part of the lives of people. And, you know, I don't know, just working on more social aspects. You know, is that, that going to make so you computer. happy? You think you think it's gonna make? You yeah, happy? it does make it does yeah. it does make it happy because it, it opens up friendships as opposed to when I normally go to my room and just watch me a movie. You know, I'm, now I'm kind of hanging out and laughing. You know, if I get too annoyed, I leave. But you know, I'm just working on that. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I can. So right after Black Friday, I moved to Commerce and was playing the 10, 20, 20, 40 games, living in the hotel playing cards 60 hours a week and just hell bent, right? Just man on a mission. I'm going to succeed. I'm going to crush every day. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to play 10 days, 10 hours a day, six days a week. Um, people would invite me out, uh, guys that I played with. And I'd be like, no, like, I'm not going to drink because if I drink, I'm not going to be able to wake up and put in the 10 hours. And I'm so grateful and thankful that they were insistent on me going out with them because that, that, aspect of the life it was probably my favorite thing like making those relationships yeah. and those friendships was it just i want a bunch of big pots and i have a great a bunch of great stories but those friendships and those relationships are what really matter those are the biggest those are the biggest asset the, the, the life itself is actually the biggest asset of it all going to barcelona with my wife biggest asset of it all yeah hanging out with a friend going to um going to um the, the Drake concert in between a poker tournament. Biggest asset of it all. Yeah. You know, going to a football game right before the WPT Merlin. Biggest asset of it all. You know, the life itself in Berlin at the age of 26, biggest asset of it all. In Costa Rica at the age of 22, biggest asset of it all. So within poker, besides providing for your family, I believe the biggest asset is the relationships, the friendships, and the fun behind it all, you know? hundred percent, man. And even the time, you know, that you're on the felt, it's, uh, you're focused, you're determined, you're cutthroat, but even, you know, you're living life in those moments too. And it's easy to be just so ultra serious and it's okay to laugh. You know, it's okay to make a joke, to, to be friendly with people, because that to me, we are living life while we do these things. Like you're living life. When you go to Barcelona, you can say, I'm going on a poker trip, but really you're in Barcelona with your wife. Like, hello. Uh, yeah. That's pretty badass, just in and of itself. Right. Um, right. For a week. For, for a week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, what would you like your poker legacy to be? How would you like to be remembered? I really don't care what I remember. Like, bro, for real. No, I just, I just, nah, I, I could care less. I mean, Not, well, what about even people, to your, your family, your friends, your, your, yeah, I mean, they know friends. I'm the GOAT, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, mean, it's already sealed. The legacy's already there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like, I mean, come on, man. Like I said before, before many times, at the end of the day, people can say whatever they want. They could bring, they can know who their favorite poker player is, but I promise you, their favorite poker player don't want to play against me. So that's it. They might act like they do, but deep down inside, they don't want to. And the reason is they know. They know deep down inside that when I'm at the table, there's hell to be paid. You understand? <laughs> that's I it. I understand. There you go. <laughs> that's it. It um, is what it is. So where where can the uh, 
the Chasing Poker Greatness audience? Where can they find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can always DM me on Instagram. I see all that. You can tweet me. I see all that. Um, or you can go. I'm about to get a website, and you can go on that website. But I'm, I'm pretty easy. I mean, it's, it's, everyone know where I am. If you see me, just walk up to me. If the Twitter and the Instagram don't work, I mean, you it's just, it's just easy life. Do you have? I'm the, easy to get have, in touch with. Do you have the URL? No, I have it, but it's not it's nothing there yet. But just just to put uh, ambition one. That's Instagram. Easy okay. to find. Or uh, Hawkins Maurice Hawkins at Maurice Hawkins on Twitter. That's it. Easy awesome, game. Well, sweet uh, out. <laughs> I'll put that on. Put that up there on the show page in the show notes. All right, bro. And, uh, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I appreciate you. Appreciate your time and your energy. I I really enjoyed this conversation. All right, well, keep it going, man. Remember, we only as good as the river. Got to get there. <laughs> thanks man thank you so much for listening to this episode of chasing poker greatness if you haven't yet subscribed to the show please take a moment to do so on apple podcast or wherever your favorite place to listen to podcasts may be and once again i also wanted to let you know about pkc poker if you're on the lookout for a new platform where the games are safe and secure and the action is amazing head to enhanceredge.com pkc to get your code and jump into the games you must have a code to play as well as be 21 years of age or older. One final time, that's enhanceyouredge.com slash PKC. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time on Chasing Poker Greatness.